Welcome, everyone, to Excitement, Inc. I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. You can catch the show every other Monday, and if you're on those in-between Mondays, you can catch our other show, When Daniel Met Rich. That's our R-rated show, the Triple X show. That's one where we get freaky dinky and talk about funny, really personal topics. Now, if you wanted to catch us on the social media and reach out to us and go, hey, Daniel, I can hear your voice. Hey, Rich, I can smell your mustache. Do that at WDMR Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Excitement Inc. If you message us, we'll message you back. We'll keep talking to you. Yes. We like being friends. We do. On to business. What did you do this week of nerd interest? Oh, my God. I did so much. I know you did. I'm so, so excited. Much. I'm so excited. So, <laughs> Just this throw it past throw it Saturday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably the most, the biggest one of note, I beat Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, man. On my Xbox. We've come to fruition Finally. hard. Which is really funny because you called me as I was entering the final battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm about to beat Arkham Asylum, I think. And you were like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, well, there's a Joker that's all roided out. And you were like, oh, you, okay, call me when you're done. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to get into that. It took me about 20 minutes to get done. Right. I think the coolest thing about the Arkham uh, uh, games is that they take, Rocksteady takes Batman in a very interesting direction, in a very challenging direction, in the ways that, like, comics, you'll read a comic story and be like, whoa, they did something that's not like Batman. Oh, they did something that's not like Joker here. In the way that, for instance, um, the DC Universe had, uh, when it had, not Civil War, but it had uh, in Injustice, and Superman kills Joker, mm-hmm. because Joker kills Lois Lane. It's those things that they subvert expectations in the same way with the Arkham series that they don't hold back. That honestly, like, you're just kind of like, after you beat Arkham City, you kind of think to yourself, how can they take this any further? And then in the first quarter of Arkham Knight, the final game in the Arkham trilogy, oh, yeah. <laughs> they blow the well, lid off of everything, and you're just kind of like, oh, this is how they're going to do it. Okay. And, man, does that make for a wild ride of Arkham Knight? Yeah. So I started Arkham City this past week. I'm to the point where um, mild, mild spoilers for Arkham City. An for those of you out game. The, exactly. Game. <laughs> um, I'm at the point where I'm getting into the museum to rescue Mr. Freeze. Very nice. So uh, I've already taken out all of the penguins signal jammers so yeah. now i am going into the museum are you like 100 percenting it as you go getting a lot of things oh god no. i didn't think so because those riddle or those the riddler riddler trophies oh my gosh and in arkham asylum i was just half the time i was lost as far as the riddler stuff i mean if i see it and i happen to be able to get to it i'll pick it up mm-hmm. but i'm not like going out of my way to try and get them all yeah i don't know that it adds anything mm-hmm. to the game mm-hmm. really um but I I must say Arkham City is a vast improvement over Arkham Asylum. Isn't it? So much better. I can grapple while gliding now, mm-hmm. which was not possible in Arkham Asylum. No, and it's a big deal. <laughs> it helps you keep the mo- momentum going, but, you know, it doesn't feel as needed because Asylum is, is so small, you know? Yeah. Um, in comparison, but then you get yeah, no, they yeah. knew with Arkham City that they were like, you know, that they were I mean, it Arkham City is literally Arkham moving into a part of right. Gotham, so because Arkham is so big. And it's I man, Arkham City just totally subverts expectations. And I'm so oh, yeah. excited for when you get to the end of that. Now, what is it like mm-hmm. getting to that after playing Spider Man? 
the most recent superhero game to come out that is of the same level of acclaim um, as Arkham. Can you feel the age of Arkham? Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, make no mistake, I enjoy Spider-Man much, much more than any of these Arkhams so far. <laughs> right. But, I mean, that's I mean, Spider-Man. Shows. Spider-Man is a yeah. superior game mm-hmm. just all around. Mm-hmm. Even I'm not even that into Spider-Man, and right. I thoroughly enjoy Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the game. Almost as much as I enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse. Right. But. Well, you can see that, you know, and honestly, playing Spider-Man after playing all the Arkham games, it does show that that Sony and Insomniac are cashing in on a tried and true um, way to make video games about superheroes. Yeah. And make them legitimate, interesting, you know. Yep. Uh, Arkham takes its own path. With yeah. the way it does things in its own special way. Right. And, you know, Spider-Man does the same thing by the end of the game. Yeah. Well, and I'm not. I'm not even saying that the two are really comparable because mm-hmm. it's because age Spider- or because they're different properties. Well, because age and because they're a different type of hero. Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man is Spider-Man is a hero, but he's also snarky mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. quippy. And that adds a different layer to the game. Right. Whereas Batman hasn't laughed since he was nine years old. <laughs> Right. You know, he hasn't laughed since he saw his parents dead in front of him. That's just how it is. Yeah, definitely. So I don't I can't really compare them just because the tone is so different. Mm -hmm. The power set is very different. Right. What I'm saying here is that you can't you you know, you have to think the success of Arkham. To uh, th- for the way that it lends to Spider-Man. In that, a I, and I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So, but I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you're still going. I'm still going, yeah. I I'm still, wait I'm going into Arkham, Arkham City. City. I'm really enjoying Arkham, Arkham City. Oh my gosh, the I'm, end of that game. I'm really enjoying Arkham <clears throat> City. Yep. I've actually put Kingdom Hearts 3 on pause mm-hmm. to get into Arkham. That's fine. And the main reason for that is because it's so stinking cold. <laughs> this week here in the den okay, of bricks so <laughs> in the so the den of bricks is my garage it is not mm-hmm. into the central heating the of the rest of the house whereas the living room is and the den of bricks has the ps4 hooked up to it which has kingdom hearts 3 truth whereas the living room has the xbox hooked up to it which has arkham it's true the entire Arkham trilogy. That's which fine. I, like I mean, Arkham through. Arkham is long overdue for you to, to play. Isn't exactly. It? The biggest DC fan in excitement. Inc. So. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, when I'll switch back and forth mm-hmm. because my wife is addicted to reality television, which I would rather gouge out my eyes with a rusty spoon. Yes, definitely. And then eat said eyes with said definitely. spoon. There's better ways than to do watch that reality TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. When she turns those on and she wants to watch them in the living room, I go to the Den of Bricks Boom. and I play Kingdom Hearts 3. Ooh, yeah. And then she's like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to take a nap. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave the girls out for a little while, which are the dogs. Right. Okay. She goes up to bed. I turn on Arkham. Boom. And I'm just like, yes. And then you're in. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, after I share some news at the end of the episode, yeah. things might change for Xbox as it relates to uh, uh, being played in certain places. Right. Anyways, so right. what did you watch? So, um, the watching of stuff. Well, uh, after our last record, 
I took the wife to see Alita Battle Angel. Perfect. So that she could finally watch it. Uh, rated a 10 out of 10 by uh, Excitement Inc. Yes. Com. That doesn't exist. We couldn't get a 3D showing. Oh, man. How was or, it, though? Or a Dolby showing. Okay. So there were elements that were missing. This So Alita Battle Angel definitely needs to be seen in 3D. Just putting that out there. Well, when you got having someone like it, James Cameron putting it together. Yeah. Well, having seen it. Avatar Not Daddy. 3D uh-huh. and 3D. Mm-hmm. The 3D was by far superior. Yeah, which is weird because 3D is usually just like a tacked on, oh, my eyes are going cross. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. This is, this is well, you could watch it standard, but we got 3D here and it's better. Yep. yep. Yeah, and it is. Yep. It truly is. Way better. Uh, so, Alita has now made its money back overseas. So, yes. Thankfully. So now we're across that gap and hopefully we'll get Alita 2. Excellent. Yes. Um, but immediately <laughs> after, to electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> On roller Nice. Skates. Continue. Sorry. So after that, the wife was like, ooh, I want to watch another movie. And I was like, okay, well, what's playing? I wish my now? wife wanted to see a movie I'm after like, watching a movie. What do you, what's playing that you want to see? And she goes, well, The Prodigy is playing. Oh, is and that like, one of those scary movies? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's a horror movie. Right horror movie oh yeah and uh we watched it is everything trying to be hereditary now no i wish it was even attempting a quarter of that okay all right creepy horrific uh this was just hey you know what taylor Schilling is doing great on orange is the new black let's put her in a movie what do we got? Oh, we have this uh, crappy horror script that uh, we could probably make a movie to. Sounds yeah, like a viable it was, idea. It was boring. Yeah, <laughs> it was okay. just kind of like, ugh. Uh, better or worse than the possession of, of Hannah Grace? On par. On par? I would, okay, I would say cool. they're the same level. Pretty much. So it was, it was attempting thrills and chills and just not just falling well short okay fair enough i mean the premise of the movie is that a right as this woman is giving birth Mm -hmm. a serial murderer is killed in a police shootout okay so the police shoot him up and he dies and then they pull the baby out and the baby has spots of blood on him Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm from being born, but they're okay. in the same placement as the gunshots. Oh, so, okay. So, so the, this, the ghost of the serial killer goes into the baby. Right. Okay. And this baby is testing. Well, as the child grows, he's getting, he's showing more and more smarts. These movies have the coolest premises and then just don't fill out. They don't. Like, when you were talking about that possession of Hannah Grace, the idea of, like, the the corpse still having the demon in it, despite, you know, the originator soul leaving the body, that's a cool premise. Yeah. You know what I mean? The nun in its entirety. A cool premise. And then the execution is where it becomes laughable and you're just kind of like, well, this is like every other horror movie I've ever seen. And unless the little sister who's oddly creepy sticks her head out the window and gets decapitated, this really isn't going to have any kind of shock factor for me. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? I just haven't yeah. seen anything as good as Hereditary since Hereditary. I just haven't. And it's just, oh man, it makes me sad. It makes me really yeah. like not want to see any. We tried to go see Happy Death Day to You uh, yeah. uh, in the middle of the snowstorm. 
<laughs> and it we it was lightly coming down, and then as soon as we got to Westminster to see the movie, it started coming down. So we were like, if we stay and watch this movie, we might never get home. Uh, so we just turned around and went home. Okay, it's a sad panda. I haven't yeah. seen any movies in the theater, but we did watch the first episode of Doom Patrol. Nice. What did you think? I thought it was amazing. Um, Sarah also thought it was funny. She had to kind of get into it. I'm never going to unsee Brendan Fraser's ass, <laughs> unfortunately, but it's definitely all unfortunately. a highly interesting prospect. Uh, it doesn't tie into Teen Titans very well, but um, we'll we'll have to see how. Once it's... you see episode hmm. two. No, when you see episode four of Teen Titans. Okay. <laughs> You'll see. That's it's fair. The, the, it's, and I don't want to spoil too much, but the way they introduce um, the doc. Okay. What is his name? I'm sorry. The chief? The chief, thank you. The way Niles they introduce Calder. the chief. Yeah, the chief is, a, is kind of a terrible, unlikable person in Teen Titans. Not Teen Titans, Titans, excuse me. Um, he's not far off in Doom Patrol either. I mean, really. still, yeah, he's obviously got some secrets, but um, Alan Tudyk's role is is highly interesting. But no, I found I actually found everything about um, Doom Patrol highly satisfying. Just like yes. the, the first episode, and Crazy Jane is definitely interesting. Crazy Jane's great. <laughs> I know glasses Robot. coming out in uh, two weeks. By the way, Digital. nice. Just saying, continue. Nice. Oh, I forgot to mention on the last show when I went to see uh, Lego Movie Two, the second part. Yes. I arrived a little early for it. Uh huh. By a little early, I mean I was catching the credits of the last movie that was in there. Oh yeah, just catching the tail end of those credits. What were they? Well, it just so happens that Into the Spider Verse was playing directly before. Oh, like, oh so you got to see a little. So I got to see the little end clip. Uh huh. Did you not see it originally? I did. Okay, cool. But, you but I was very, very excited to see it again. Right, yes. Into the Spider-Verse is on digital now. Yes, it is. It is. I want it so bad. But I also I'm, want, I'm I want waiting the physical. For Blu-ray. I want the physical. Exactly. You know what I mean when it comes to these things? I might, exactly. Uh, you know what? That one's worth a steelbook purchase at Best Buy, in my opinion. Absolutely. Oh, Spider-Verse. That's, that's, Can we watch it together? Yes. We also have to watch Planet of the Apes together. The yes. New trilogy. But I digress. We can watch the original trilogy together. A planet of the Apes? You mean the original Quintology? Quintilogy? Quintilogy? Trilogy. Beyond that is... Well, okay, beyond the first one was a cash grab. And to be fair, I only have the first one on DVD, but... Right, right. Because that's the best one, and there's no reason to have any others or watch any of the others. Right. Unlike with the new trilogy. Anyway! I had one of those really (laughs) awkward parent arguments where my mom and my dad, we were talking about, they were like, oh, what's the the next Planet of the Apes? I'm like, it's War of the Planet of the Apes. They're like, no, that was in the original trilogy. I'm like, no, that was Battle for the Planet of the Apes. They're like, no, we're pretty sure (laughs) that... I'm like, it's War. And they're like, no, I saw a a sundown to sunup straight viewing in the drive-in. I remember it was war. No, war is coming out. It was battle. <laughs> if you were there for it, why aren't you right? <laughs> yes. Awkward mom argument. <laughs> I love you, mom. You're not listening, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> See, in that sundown to sun up viewing of all five of the Planet of the Apes, yep. battle for the Planet of the Apes is where they, you know, caught a nap, started fucking, whatever. <laughs> And there's your timestamp at 1750. It's okay. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so. It's fun to bleep. Well, you know, if we're PG-13, we're allowed one F word. Yeah. So, continue. I may bring that up later. On your watch. Anyway. No, I'm going to bring it up hard. Later. Cool. Um, A new show dropped on Netflix since we last recorded. Uh-huh. I'm going to get up and find a pen. It's called 
The Umbrella Academy. I want to watch this so bad because Robert Sheehan. I have watched The Umbrella Academy in its entirety twice since we last recorded. In its entirety. In its entirety. The entire show. From episode one to the finale of the season. How many episodes? Ten. Ten? Holy mo! How long are they? Forty-eight minutes to an hour. Okay, so you have don't. Is there okay? So is there more to glean in a second viewing then of watching it, or do you just like it that much? A bit. Well, first off, I wanted to watch something. I'm gonna watch it bad, wife, but we're still getting through Game of Thrones, right? I wanted to watch something while mm-hmm. the wife was watching her BS, right? Bachelor dance, moms, right? Whatever, or when she wasn't around, or whatever. And I, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, I need to watch some. I'm gonna watch something. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch the mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy and see if it's something she'll enjoy. Uh huh. So I did. Okay. And I was like, I think she'll enjoy this. Yeah. So then I made her watch it in its entirety. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I watched it with her. The issue with these shows, and see, this is what Netflix is doing now with a lot of these shows, is that they're jumping. In the timeline. A lot of these Netflix original shows uh-huh. will have these jump backs yep. to earlier points okay. so that you get a little bit more character insight and everything. Okay. The issue with this is that it makes for a very compelling story right. when you're binging. Oh. If you're not binging... It makes it forgettable. Ah. And so my wife, while watching this, because she was watching an episode here, and then the next day another episode, the next day maybe two episodes, the next day another episode, whereas I watched it like five episodes one night, five episodes the next. Oh, okay, all right. Makes sense. So she kept thinking that she was missing something. Or that she had forgotten what the previous show oh, said or whatever oh no. because the story is so piecemeal. And I was trying to, t- and she was like, so what does this mean? And I was like, you'll find out soon. <laughs> what is this? You'll find out soon. That's always the fun part of like when it, what is it, this? It, it's like, you'll find out soon. See, I subliminally trained my wife not to do that because I'll answer her question. <laughs> right. And if it's a spoiler, I just tell her. Right. Well, I told. Well, I was like, "Do you want me to spoil it?" She goes, "No." And I said, "Then you'll find out." Yeah, exactly. So no. So Umbrella Academy is good. Umbrella Academy is very good. Okay. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Did you read the graphic novel? I wish I did, but I did not. Now the wife is making me wait to watch it with her, and I'm forcing her to wait to watch it with me because there's some fun facts about it. Do you know who created Umbrella Academy? I do not. Gerard Way. Really? Who is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance? That's right. Yeah. You know who else he created? Who? Penny Parker. Really? Of Spider Verse Acclaim. Really? Yep. Yeah, he made Penny Parker for nice. the Edge of Spider Verse uh, comic. So, yeah, Sweet. he's been writing comics as well as, of course, being the lead singer of yeah. My Chemical Romance, which is really, really, really cool. Yeah. 
And that also explains so. why they haven't released a lot of albums. Lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Too busy writing <laughs> shit, guys. Sorry. Uh, rest in peace, My Chemical Romance. But I digress. Yeah. I think that um, the Umbrella Academy looks phenomenal. I like that yes. there's an ape that's there. I like yes. the the trailer where there where it's the old guy and he says, "I've put together a team," and then they're at his funeral and they're like, "Yeah," and he was a dick. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't like him at all. Well, there's a lot of theories behind it too mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Robert Sheehan is easily the best part of this show I know he is easily and I mean it's everybody else's performances that make it work uh-huh yeah. but he is spectacular in this show uh-huh uh-huh so um I don't know um He's now he's probably so good at this because and this is actually bringing the uh, uh, this article that we're reading right now yeah. is alluding to the fact that he wants to play Nathan again. Um, Nathan was his was his starring role in a show called Misfits, which the premise of that is that five kids are in for community service. They each have their own story, but they're in for community service. And then a giant lightning hailstorm rocks um, their city of London, Bristol, I think. And um, now when I say hail, I mean boulders of hail. Okay. So like collapsing cars. And uh, it changes all of them in different ways. Everyone gets a power but him and he's just pissed off about it. So he's always like just he's complaining the whole time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Which is what makes his role in a Bradley Academy that much... No, okay, cool. <laughs> good, good, good. More good. ironic. It's just... <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, um, but there's a whole twist of that, too, and you'll see eventually. But uh, fun fact is that it was also the first show for one Ivan Rion, who was also okay. Ramsey Bolton of Game of Thrones. Okay. And it's... Speaking of irony, Ramsey Bolton is, you know, is worse than Joffrey, basically. That's oh, what yeah. his character is for, right? Yeah. Um, In... In Misfits, he's a recluse, and his superpower is becoming invisible when he's feeling upset and ignored and rejected. So he says, I turn invisible, and they go, yeah, right, and they leave the room, and and they're like, do it then. And he's like, well, I can't just do it. And they're like, whatever, and then they leave the room, and he's like, oh, (laughs) he's invisible. (laughs) He's a a wonderful, wonderful character in in Misfits, too. So it's fun to see, you know, those combination of roles, but... Okay. Um, and then the that kind of reminds me of Mystery Men. It was, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Which we've talked about before on the show. Yes. Um, and I only remember that because I'm looking at an old notepad right here, and it actually says Mystery Men on it. Awesome. So Umbrella Academy is good. Everyone watch it. Yes. The what premise else? of the show is that on one day, 43 children are born. And the only thing remarkable about these 43 children being born Mm-hmm is that their mothers did not wake up pregnant that morning. Right. Well, if anyone watches the trailer, they can see that. Yeah, they just spontaneously give birth. Right. And then this eccentric billionaire, which is code for a reclusive dick that has a lot of money, this eccentric billionaire goes around and tries to adopt all of them. Mm -hmm. He ends up getting seven, but he tries for all of them. (laughs) And so these seven end up having special powers and they each have their own powers yeah. and everything except for one kind of yeah you'll see anyway <laughs> yeah let's not do a full synopsis <laughs> no so he sets up his he sets up his house uh-huh. 
as a training ground for these six kids. Yeah. And the one normie. Right. And it's the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. So when they're, they get to dress in uniform all the time. Mm-hmm. When they're going on a mission to correct a crime or something, they're in domino masks, but otherwise they're wearing the uniforms. Hmm. There's no reason for the domino masks other than to wear them, I guess. <laughs> because they don't, they literally don't have any other clothes. Okay. All they have is their school uniform. Right. So what is it about the show that sets it apart, make, makes it unique? Like, because everything on Netflix always has that edge, right? That makes you like want to want to watch it. Sets it apart from everything else. Is this just like messed up X Men, or is it you know? This is because Misfits is like basically messed up X Men or messed up Fantastic Four, where it's you know they add this this uh, uh, science fiction aspect to a reality show almost. But this seems definitely more in the vein of like a comic book to show as opposed to misfits is just a drama with a science fiction aspect. Yeah, this is definitely a comic book. Right, 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 right. It's a show it's a show based on a comic. It's right. the comic book. Exactly. But the the thing that kind of sets it apart is that each of these kids all of them become adults. We're dealing with them as adults. Right. That's what the first part of the show is and each of them has this trauma mm-hmm. from being raised like this. Oh, so it's part of seeing the aftershock. So it's not just <laughs> it's not just a superhero team mm-hmm. banding together. Mm-hmm. It's a family oh, okay. that's full of its own dysfunctions. Right. For instance, the eccentric billionaire mm-hmm. that adopted these seven children yeah. never named them. <laughs> he gave them number one, number two, number three, Number four, number five. He gave them numbers, right? Because this is a billionaire uh, who who wants. And a whenever he team. refers to them, he refers to them by number. And it's a billionaire who wants a superhero. Concentrate team. on your studies, number seven. Yeah, it's it's not a billionaire who wants to be a father of seven. Right. Yeah. This is a man who couldn't stand children. Oh, wonderful! Okay. And so he has nannies He's that come in, <laughs> and one nanny that they call mom she names them oh except for one there's one number five never has any other name than number five interesting and he ends up being the oldest of them oh now keep in mind they're all born on the same day so they're aging differently too (laughs) this is i mean it's it's a trip when you see it you'll be like (laughs) i get it Perfect. Okay, so definitely watch Umbrella Academy if you're into the comic book. I was going to say. <laughs> or if you're into family drama. Danny's there. Because, because this is, <laughs> that's Perfect. that's the heart and soul of the show. Really. Perfect. Um, what else did so you watch? So I watched that. Um, I've been keeping up with uh, The Passage and The Orville, and The Orville got really stinking good in these past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Holy cats. Okay. Big space battle. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Big, big. Betrayal by one of their own. Oh, so they went deep in the literal drama of the story. So it's actually, it's actually, instead of just being a serial, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem, they have some legit development in terms of the characters and the relationships. Oh, yeah. See, that's something that makes me a little bit more invested in watching it. Now, this is, this is Star Trek with a humorous edge to it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So there are jokes peppered through right, each of episode. Well, you and know, it's Seth MacFarlane. Exactly. Yeah. So there's levity to it. Yeah. But it it kind of fulfills that need that Star Trek always did for me, mm-hmm. which was that it provides hope for the future of mankind. Right. Because I, you see where what we're capable of when we're not focusing on our own petty BS. I see. Okay. That's what I always got from so, Star Trek. So it's a little and sweet and sour. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and I, I, this past weekend, I started the second episode of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. I got about mm, three quarters through it. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I actually did watch the entirety of the second episode. I started the third. Mm, okay. That's right. Second episode. Because Cyborg's in the second episode. Yeah. What they do with Cyborg, yeah, Good, he's clever. awesome. He's super cool. I got really pumped because they really pump you up for what's going to come in the rest of the show in that yes. first episode. So with all the dysfunction and Brendan Fraser ass, yeah. And, um, there's a there's a point in the show where a woman is at an ATM and she's being mugged. Mm-hmm. She's at gunpoint, getting into her ATM. Mm-hmm. The ATM, as it's giving her options. Is actually Cyborg talking to her. So he has hacked the... He's watching from like around the corner Mm -hmm. or through the camera itself as he's making his way there. And he's talking to her on the screen like... So Cyborg's being a punk ass. It's pretty cool the way he does this. DC Universe is making some smart decisions for their show. They really are. (laughs) I mean, this is... And this is actually a project of uh, Greg Berlanti. Greg Berlanti is also the guy who is in charge of Arrow and Supergirl and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. So he's able to take off the leash Mm -hmm. for Doom Patrol. Right. And come over. And that's what's making Doom Patrol so stinking good. Yeah. And the CW shows are good in their own right. right. They're good for. Primetime TV. Yeah. Doom Patrol is not good for primetime TV. No. Now it is if it's on HBO. Yep. Then it's perfect for primetime mm-hmm, TV. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's on a streaming service, which really? is brilliant because it's going to make sure that I keep paying the bill on that streaming service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If for nothing else, for Doom Patrol. Whereas I've already screamed and shouted about all the things that the DC Universe supplies that I'm like, I'm in. Yes. But now if it, it's like, hey, you know what? We're dropping everything else and we're just doing Doom Patrol. I'd still pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just so good. It's just that mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. of a show. I agree. I would be paying for so, it right now, too. Um, do you uh, do we still have candles out here? Because I think boxer farts are. I believe I'll have to run in and get invading, invading my so, nose right now. Give me one second to get in there. I uh, just I'll really let you marvel over this last bit. I, I keep. My, okay. You know what? Right. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, because you're like talking about, but I'm on my own and I'm a one person show. And I was like, okay, all right. Welcome to the happy hour with Daniel. Hi, I'm Daniel. Nice to meet you, Daniel. 
Well, listen, um, here's the deal, guys. We're, I'm doing a show, and I, I'm on my own, and I'm kind of scared to be here with you right now, and I'm really on my own, and I didn't mean to talk about what I wanted to talk about. I'm trying really hard. Do you, can you just get the candle, please? I just really, I thought <laughs> that I was going complete. to. I thought I was going to suffocate. <laughs> the smell of the farts. Holy crap, you are not wrong. Try walking through them. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. Usually, they, usually they come and go. I feel like they're literally hanging under my nose, these boxer farts, because of your dogs. They're just no. Go ahead, put it there. Put it there. Waft up. I mean, there's that too, but it's also near us. I don't know. I like setting the mood with the candles. You were gonna let uh, one more thing about DC Universe, and then I go. Okay. No. Um. Actually, after um my last after the last episode, talking about my visitor from out of town, Mm -hmm. friend of mine that I haven't seen in twenty right or like six years, but we've been friends Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. as long as you've been alive. Yep. I had another friend come in town really? last week. Okay. Buddy of mine from high school, Chris Blow. Okay, cool. I've talked about him before. He uh, mm-hmm. he helped on the uh, chip technology. Oh, nice. Okay. The cards. So, if you think those chips in your credit card are a pain in the ass, he's partly to blame. Word. Anyway, he said, hey, I'm going to be in Denver. I'd love to catch up. Mm-hmm. Cool. And he goes, hey, I got a new 3D printer. You want me to print you something? Whoa. I'll bring it with me. And I was like, I'll I'll take a Triforce. 3D printers are cool. So he walks into my house and he gives me this. What? A 3D printed Hyrule insignia with the Triforce in it. Oh my, look at this. Please. Yes, folks. If you're not watching the camera, I'm holding it up for you right now. This is definitely the Triforce. This is. Yes. It's very cool. Holy moly. He pulls this out and I'm like, oh my God, you made this. You can make a lot of clever things. I have a friend um, that I know. Uh, you met him. Um, I have a friend who made. Um, he was at Alita Battle Angel. Oh, and yeah. He actually made like a Groot flower pot. Nice. Where you can put the, the flowers in the head of the Groot. Awesome, and you can like put like um it, he he does a lot of cool nerdy things with his prints. Um, he made his own Nerf gun, actually, oh, to be specific, nice. nerd wise. Yeah, we're running long here, and we have a lot of news to do. I'm going to talk about what I did. Okay, I be- but on 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 another note, just one last thing. Okay, and then I'm done. Okay. I promise. One okay. last thing, Chris. One last thing. I would like an octopus for your next visit. What? You know what I'm talking about? No one knows what he you're put. About. He put some of his 3D prints on his uh, Instagram or Facebook or something. On his Ooh. social media, he put some of his other 3D prints. Oh, yeah? He printed an octopus that is holding up six of its arms, mm-hmm. and they all have a middle finger on them. <laughs> nice. I want an octopus. Nice. N- next visit, if that's if that's cool. You just let me know, bro. <laughs> was, was it's dangerous to go alone. Take yes. this. I feel All like right. we should pose it. I feel like we should pose it for we'll the. Just is it in the shot? It's in the shot. Put it in the shot. But there's a napkin. Let me move the napkin. Let me move the napkin for everyone who's watching, so they can definitely see the Triforce wall. That's really cool. Okay. Um, I banish beat, it to the nation of Napkinistan. I beat Red Dead Redemption Two. <gasps> I did it. I finally did it. Nice. How was it? It wasn't worth it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it was no. It was definitely worth it. It's undoubtedly the best. It is undoubtedly the best open world game ever made. Okay. To this day. And I say that because, and it's a little hard because Breath of the Wild 
yeah is in its own just an amazing thing of of of, of course but in terms of the way this game looks mm. the story put into it the effort put into it um i still i really wish i could have done everything but it's also like um, the story itself pulls you away. I don't know. It's comparable with Breath of the Wild. I don't want to put it as like open world. I feel like it it's owed to be called the best open world because of the effort put into it. Now, if I had 200 hours to put into playing the game, mm-hmm. I would have taken my sweet time. I was spoiled a little bit on the story when I was going through it, which really sucks um, because I didn't want to be spoiled. So one of the yeah. bigger uh, uh, parts of the the story was spoiled for me via YouTube. Wonderful, wonderful YouTube, YouTube title. Jerks. There was a freaking video that just straight spoils the crap out of the story in the title. I was like, "How do you get away with this?" Like, I'm <sighs> so um, and little little tidbits here and there. So not all of it was straight spoiled, but some of it was, and it made me really sad. Um, and we'll talk about it a lot. We want to, um, Joe, the BFFFF and I want to do a special episode called Red Dead Reflection. And that'll come pretty soon now that we're on our new recording schedule. Um, where we just Stay tuned for Dan Joe Unchained. Yeah, basically. And <laughs> a variant of when Daniel met Rich. <laughs> basically. And when we, um, yeah, when we do it, we'll, we'll talk about it in depth and all the different things about it. But I did finally beat it. I had to put down, I had to put, I had to do a serious sit down where I, I looked at my wife and I said, I'm, I have to beat it tonight because I was telling myself for two weeks, I'm going to beat the game tonight. So there's a solid eight hour epilogue after the main story. Nice. (laughs) And it is long. So, um, but it's very heartfelt. A lot of the story. So, and seeing it all play out and then, you know, it is a prequel and then it leads into, uh, Red Dead Redemption, which is just an <laughs> absolute yeah. tragedy. But I digress. I beat that, and I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. A lot of guys at work have been playing this game. It is. And it's really funny. I saw the funniest uh, thing about it, actually. I saw the funniest uh, tweet. Someone said, someone was asking, what is the difference between Fortnite and Apex Legends? And someone replied, when you shoot someone in Apex Legends, they don't turn into an eight-story building. <laughs> Nice. Which is the issue with Fortnite. You can go until you can keep going and keep going and keep going and you can, you know, get through some fights and get to the end of the game. But no matter what, that person at the end of the game will have like a kill count of 20 plus and it's because they can build around you. I've watched people like go in without a gun and build a circle and put a trap spike door on a wall that they've built around a guy just unloading on them and win the match that way. Yeah. Wow. So it, Fortnite, you got to be good at building, and that uh, I don't know. It's the gameplay at that point is more building than it is shooting. So um, Apex mm-hmm. built off the Titanfall engine. Okay. A little bit of Overwatch pizzazz turned into a battle royale. Yeah. It's supreme. It's supreme. I've the, I've, I've heard nothing but good Apex Legend. It. Yep. But it's first person, so you never play it. Exactly. Just move on from that. Um, I started playing some more Undertale. Yeah, I just want you to play Undertale so bad, Rich. I want you to play Undertale. So I want everyone to play Undertale because I have a hard time getting into older games sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, these older games, they just they're a little too dated for me, and I can't um, really really get into them. The special thing about Undertale is that it was made recently, specifically in this NES RPG style. Right. I saw you playing it. You did see me playing it. Yeah. Um and. I put it down for a decent amount of time while I was trying to beat other games and I picked it up again recently and I'm and I immediately regretted ever putting it down. Oh wow. Because this game is the most clever, 
the most silly where it it exceeds expectations by jumping out of the the, the box so often um an entire uh, world in this game is comprised of dog enemies and the coolest thing about undertale and one of its slogans is that it is an rpg you can play without fighting and killing anyone nice you can play the game and they have special things so um i ran into a <laughs> how do you level up i was um you, sometimes you don't level up just plain mm. and simple, but you'll get a lot of gold and you can buy a lot of items to just heal up. So far, leveling up hasn't actually been an issue because I'm not actually trying to hurt anyone. Um, and when you hurt people, they go away. The nice thing is that with a lot of dogs, um, you have your attack option and there's a timer in there and you can hit the timer um, and land an attack. Sometimes you have to attack them a little bit to get them to subvert expectations. and okay. Or not to subvert expectations, but um, to loosen them up so you can do other things. So you can go into the analysis and... And for instance, I'm going against uh, a dog, and it says, um, uh, n- n- uh, "Night dog is really excited to see you." And it's a dog in a suit of armor. <laughs> and it says uh, you can attack him, and then there's um, other options. And you go to other options, and it says, <laughs> uh, "Roll on the ground, pet," <laughs> yeah. among other things. And uh, uh, you can go to pet it. And it goes, that you don't smell like it. And then it tries to attack you. And then inside of that dialogue box, it becomes a little bullet hell. You're dodging bullets, or not bullets. You're dodging like um 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 bones that are being thrown at okay. you. Okay. Right? And then you decide to roll on the ground. It says, you smell a little bit more like the dog now. Mm-hmm. Dodge an attack, go through, pet. It lets you pet it. Mm-hmm. And then um, you can go to spare. And then, psh, done. You get through that area, and then you get to a tavern. All of the dogs' enemies are there eating. (laughs) If you kill them, they won't be there. (laughs) Okay. So you get these friends in the game by making friends and just being cool. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um... One more thing, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go full spoiler here, but, you know, I'm trying to explore, you know, I'm trying to explain the magic that is Undertale and yeah. the way that it subverts these expectations. Um, and it, you're walking through a sewer with a bunch of garbage and you're walking past a mannequin, like a training mannequin. And it's like, do you want to hit it? And it's like, you hit it. And then nothing happens. You walk away. And then, and then as you're trying to go away, the mannequin um, it doesn't do anything when you hit it, but as you're trying to walk away, it's eyes open, and then it zooms in on <laughs> freaking eyes, and it's like, it's like, thought you could get away from me? And you know, fighting this mannequin, you can't hit it at all. You can't fight it. But okay. inside of the box, um, he says, um, I'm a ghost inside of a mannequin, and you guys killed my cousin, and I don't appreciate it, so I'm going to come after you for ruining the soul of my cousin and his ghost and whatever. So it's, you know, just context isn't really important, but the cool part is is that the bullet hell becomes, um, he's like, I'm going to send my other ghost mannequins after you, and these ghosts pop out and um, start shooting clouds at you, which are magic attacks. Mm-hmm. And every time you fight someone, it's the image of them above, kind of like Earthbound. I don't know if you played Earthbound back in the day, but it's just a monster of them in the top, and then you have your dialogue box in the bottom. Yep. And they shoot at you from the bottom, and as, it, as you dodge it, those clouds go through the box and collide with the picture of him on the top. And, <laughs> and you go, stop attacking me, guys. Are you idiots? <laughs> so then the bullet hell becomes you aiming the, the magic attacks that will go through the hitbox that you can't leave, but the attacks do. Right. So you're beating him senseless, 
And then eventually he goes, hold up. And the music stops and all of all of the, the mannequins come in from the edges of the box to look at him. <laughs> and everything just stops. And he's like, just go away. I'm going to get the robots. I'm going to get the robots. And then robots come in with homing missiles that you have to spin and dodge until they lose control and then shoot back at him. <laughs> so this game doesn't have any issues being not a normal game. It will leave its own structure. There is nothing that is off the table in Undertale. And that is why I love the game so much. It sounds awesome. Honestly, top 10 for me. It it's becoming awesome. a top 10 game for me that I've ever played because of the way it just defies expectations. Nice. I heard Metal Gear Solid 2 had um, had a, a boss that would, quotation marks here for you guys uh, listening and not watching, that it had a boss that would uh, corrupt a save. Really? And people were turning off their PS2s going, what the heck? People who stuck with it realized that it was the it was the game and the boss making people think that it corrupted Sage at that boss fight. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was a literal battle of mental wits oh. with the game. Yeah, it's things like this that are just so very um, special to me when I'm playing games. Oh yeah. So um, that was Undershell. We're watching Game of Thrones. Nice. And that's that's about it. <laughs> I think I'm going to go back and watch season seven again. Uh, season seven is just really... The leading up really to the beginning of season eight. I love it. It's really cool going through again. Um, my wife is, uh, being that it's her second watching, she's kind of like, oh, I get this now. Oh, I get this now. Oh, I get this now. Yep. And when we do our Game of Thrones catch up leading into our analysis of each episode of the final season, yeah. we will, uh, we'll talk about that more. Nice. And we'll be able to, man, that the catch-up is going to be so good. Going it is. It's going analytical. Times. But on to the news. It was the news. There's kind of a lot of the news, but there's things I want to tell you. And I, I think I sent you the the itinerary before. I think you did. Um, a couple of that I read it. Yeah. Um, there are things I have to say to put them in reality for us to build the hype. And I just yes. want to say them out loud. Okay. Episode 9 of Star Wars and the Mandalorian TV show wrapped shooting. They're both finished and being edited now. Nice. They're coming. It's real. Awesome. Episode 9 in its entirety has been shot. Yeah. I remember where I was when episode 7 was announced. Yeah. And the trilogy was announced and that Disney was buying it. And I was like, wow, I didn't think this was ever coming. But here we are and it's here and it's wonderful. Yeah. I remember the excitement when they announced that Star Wars was returning and it was prequels. And then I remember a week after... Episode one dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the issue. You can't... I'm excited to be disappointed <laughs> by a new Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, no, just the hype leading up to episode one was just Oh, crazy. yeah, unbelievable. People, people were like, oh, you can't go wrong with this. Nuts. I know, there was I one movie. Yeah. I can't remember what movie it was, but it featured the first trailer. Mm-hmm. For episode one, mm-hmm. and that movie did an additional three million in ticket sales because of the because people just preview. bought the ticket for the trailer and then left the movie. I didn't know. So that. this this movie was being shown wow. to like empty theaters that were supposedly sold out. Yeah, because all these Star Wars fans showed up, watched the trailer, and then bolted. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. I, I was able to start watching The Last Jedi last night on Netflix for the first time without feeling like it was a waste of my time. Awesome. I actually wanted to watch Last Jedi. I was like, this is something that I want to watch and absorb again. 
Awesome. So I finally come around from being someone who was like, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be to someone who was like, actually everything that's in here is actually pretty cool. Not everything is spot on, but most of it is pretty awesome. Yeah. I digress. This is really important for me to mention to you because of the mask I know you have sitting upstairs. Okay. Of Gizmo. Yes. There's going to be a WB streaming service and they're going to put a Gremlins animated show on it. Again. I would prefer Gremlins 3 the movie or even a Gremlins remake over that, but... I would not be opposed to a Gremlins remake. Yep. I I wouldn't. I mean, the first one was like a horror comedy. I almost prefer the... uh, Personally, I almost prefer the the next installments of like how you know Jurassic World to Jurassic Park, Halloween to the original Halloween, where they kind of do these redo sequels, where like that like we are gonna keep doing it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I really am preferring those to the strict reboots because, for instance, they're remaking Child's Play right now, <sighs> and it's an AI. It's a robot AI instead of just the soul spirit. I got so creeped out, I knocked over the Triforce. You shut over it. Yeah, and it was, this is unacceptable. Hey, Sarah wants to start collecting living dead dolls. <laughs> you shut your mouth, phone. A Quiet Place 2 has been announced for <laughs> May 15th. <laughs> of, of, Seriously, of 2020. she's married to you. <laughs> Well, Siri and Sarah sound very, alike. Very similar, so I understand. That's right, exactly. It's funny. Here's the plot of Child's uh, Play two already. It's pretty funny. She Siri wants to marry uh wants to murder my wife because <laughs> she's infatuated with me. <laughs> I'm Sarah. Single white Chucky. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's a phone, but it's an AI phone, so she can't actually murder anyone, so she just like turns off all the alarms to like ruin her life, make her late for school, make her late for work. <laughs> I can't kill just you, but I'm gonna ruin you. <laughs> oh. oh man, I did. A quiet place part. Really? Yes. John Krasinski confirmed it's coming in uh, 2020. This is exciting. Yeah. We all wanted another one. Hopefully we know they're throwing the hammer down the on that nail in the damn stir. <laughs> <sighs> I swear to that God. That was the scariest part of that movie, though. And I know you're mad at the practicality of the nail and how it's not supposed to be there. And I know you say as a carpenter that that should never be there. How do you know that that staircase was built by a carpenter? Okay? How do you know without rewinding into the story? That's he all I painted have to say. over it. Who painted over it? Whoever painted the stairs to show where they wouldn't creak. Ghostbusters three. They painted over the damn <laughs> bent over nail that she then pried up with a, with a. <sighs> now is not the time. Ghostbusters three <laughs> is coming from Jason Reitman, the son of the original director Ivan Reitman, in twenty twenty as well. Did you see the announcement for this? Three. Yes. Ghostbusters 3. Legit, a legit sequel to the Ghostbusters movies. Really? Yes. It's coming for real. They had a pretty creepy teaser trailer, which was just um, the dee-doo-dee-doo-dee-doo-dee-doo and, you know, a creepy atmosphere and a sheet, like, waving and blowing off the back of the Ecto-1. Oh, boy. And it was, like, 3 coming in 2020. Okay. So this isn't a redo. Now I'm excited. Busters. I'm yeah. excited for no, this. No, this is real. So what we're looking at here is potentially the crew back, most of the crew. Um, I think there's 
a very special way for them to do this right. A very special way. It can still be really funny, but I think they need to take the funny to extremes, and it can still be scary, and I think they need to take the scary to extremes. I don't think it should be family-friendly scary. I do not. I think that the Ghostbusters should be torn apart as old men from something that was so scary that they couldn't finish the job. Ghosts exist and run rampant, and they let themselves fade into mediocrity because something that was so terrifying happened to them. And I'm talking like conjuring level scary. I'm talking okay. hereditary level scary. All right. Tell me this would not be. Now, keep in mind, some of the best movies have their funny moments. Insidious was terrifying with that red face demon. Yet at the end of the movie, mm. when all of the spirits are coming through and you've got the two ghost hunter guys, you've got the one with the little light and then the other one comes up with the gigantic spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls out the big gun. Quotation yeah, marks, yeah, yeah. Audio listeners. That's when the, you know, I think for me, that's what's going to make Ghostbusters 3 to something incredibly special. Okay. Yeah, I think that. Hmm. And recently it was revealed that the most metal name in child actor names, Finn Wolfhard, is being yeah. eyed for a role in Ghostbusters 3. Okay. All right. I'm on board with that. Same. Well, <laughs> the thing that made the first two Ghostbusters so awesome and classic was that there was two straight men and the skeptic. So, like, Ray and Egon were, they were straight-laced. They meant every word they said. But, well, Bill Murray's character, he was the skeptic. He was the one that, even though it's right in front of his face, and he's dealing with these two scientists mm-hmm. that believe every single word they say, he's treating it all like a joke. That was the that was the true gold there. That was the humor in that movie. So I'm wondering if they can tap into that while still making it scary. The science part of it, or well, the, what do you mean? Let's tap into the the character relations of said Busters. Yeah, have one guy that is the skeptic mm-hmm. that is just making the dumb jokes the whole time to keep from screaming in terror because he has to believe what he's seeing. Right. Even though he can't make the leap to do so. Right. Sure. And then there's the humor right there. Yeah. No, I can dig that. What if it was um, all skeptics and one believer? And it was kind of like a new like. Well, then you got a Scooby-Doo adventure. Yeah, basically. But also, but I mean, if it was still the, like, maybe if it was like, now not that they're going to do this, but if it was like Seth Rogen, James Franco, and another guy with a serious, like, they're being the skeptics, and they're like, okay, we'll help you ghost hunt friend who's Jay Baruchel, <laughs> like, who's <laughs> serious about haunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, there is, there is, it wouldn't be straight Scooby-Doo for that point. You know what I mean? Right. So much as it would be fun watching them just, like, joke about the ghost while the ghost is trying to, you know, kill them or slime them. And, you know, yeah. that would make some kind now, of crude, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> now if it comparison. Was, if it was Seth Rogen, yeah. James Franco, Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah. And Jay Baruchel, yep. say. Yep. And 
Jay is the guy that's there for the paycheck. Mm-hmm. James and Seth are like deadly serious. They believe every bit of this. Oh, yeah. And Jonah just keeps making the jokes, ripping on all of it. Yeah. But they're treating each of his jokes like it's a serious matter to consider. Yes. Oh, my then we just we okay. made Ghostbusters. <laughs> just, I mean, that too, that too, long story short. But no, I mean, I really hope that, you know, um, it, it's. I think that Ghostbusters 3 has some real potential. I think it's got more potential than the other Ghostbusters. I had nothing I had nothing against the last Ghostbusters. There's a lot of hate, haters out there that, you know, hated on Ghostbusters because they're sexists, and yeah. that's that. Um, I didn't I, mind that one at all. I didn't mind it so much. I don't think they tapped what made the original funny. Yeah, definitely was an issue. And by the they, end of it, were, it lost so much luster by the end of it. They did more of the gross-out humor stuff. Uh-huh. And, I mean, there was some wit there, but not really enough. Whereas, you know, in the fr- in the first Ghostbusters, they're standing in the mayor's office saying we had everything under control until yeah. Dickless over here came in and turned off the power. <laughs> And the mayor goes, is this true? And Bill Murray steps in and goes, yes, it's true. This man has no dick. (laughs) (laughs) Come on! (laughs) Just, ugh. Jokes like that were missing. Right. And it's a problem. And that's that's what made Ghostbusters a classic, really. It was just that kind of timing. And that kind of treatment of these situations. It it really turned me on to Kate McKinnon. (laughs) Like, and how funny she can be. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't realize how awesome she was until watching Ghostbusters and she's like posing with the mannequins just to freak them out. <laughs> I just, it's too good. Yeah. What was the movie I saw her in that was actually, that I. The Spy really Who really, Dumped Me. I haven't seen that yet. You should. I want to say it was Girls Night, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Hey. It was pretty funny. Guess what? She was pretty funny. Guess what? What? There's a Sonic movie on the way. We briefly addressed this. No, I'm I really hope it's nerd. about the fast food chain. It was like... Um, no, but it's about the hedgehog. No, it's about the hedgehog. Video listeners, here's a little image um, of... I say video listeners, video watchers. So here's the image. This is the leaked imagery of Sonic in the new Sonic. Oh, oh snap. snap. It oh, snapped. Oh, no, it went away. Thanks, Polygon, for putting it up. Here's an image of Sonic from the new movie. Um, <laughs> so this is some imagery and some movie the stuff. Film style Here's, guide for the film. Yeah, so he's holding on to a ring here. Um, and then there's the same sneakers. And then seeing him from the front, it's kind of cool to see the way that, that the hair falls back. But uh, I, brand personality. Ooh, interesting. So this is the way they, okay. So this is all like a branding, like package, film style guide uh, for branding. This is a marketing it is. Package. This is what they sell to McDonald's to show what he's like. Yeah. This is the brand personality, everyone, of Sonic the Hedgehog, the film, by Paramount. He is irreverent and sarcastic, heroic and adventurous, confident and competitive, chill and likable, mischievous, but not malicious. Well, of course he's not. Yeah. Mis- mischievous and malicious is Knuckles, but that's... Perfect for the porn parody, as we've alluded to in previous <laughs> episodes. <laughs> but uh, what do you think of this imagery? Um, is this you got to make changes when you're going to do a movie? You just like you have to. Yeah. What do you think of of this? Is it too much? Can you? Is this something you could watch a movie about, or are you? Well, is this a little too not good looking? It's a video game movie. Yep. 
that's I, people much asking for a Sonic it. the Hedgehog movie should be expecting some bullshit. Like it, this. Exactly. No gloves. There's, no gloves. But there, it's still fur. <laughs> there's really no. It's really no expectation there, just because. What was Sonic? He just ran around and collected gold coins and then smacked a robot to let loose a bunch of woodland creatures. It's true. That was the whole premise of the game. It was yeah. just yeah. a frenetic side-scrolling adventure. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. really wasn't story there. There wasn't. and There were characters, but there was no story. You know, And so they're free to do whatever they want with it because there's no story. It's true. Also, he's a hedgehog. I mean, he is a real animal. There are some things that I don't, some of the decisions I don't agree with in terms of design are specifically to do with things that look stupid. Sneakers make 100% sense. Yeah. He's running at insane speeds. Yeah. No one should complain about sneakers. I don't think they are. No. Muscular legs make sense. It is Absolutely. a humanoid hedgehog. His hands I have issues with. Looking at the hands. He, if he can wear sneakers, why can't he wear gloves? Why are his hands furry? Maybe this is preliminary art. Maybe the premise of the movie is that he's getting gloves. <laughs> Something. I think it would be really, really, really funny if the whole movie was about him sharing the hedge. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank stop you. It. Just stop it. I want to see Thank imagery. You. I want to know if Jim Carrey is going to have a gigantic mustache <laughs> <laughs> and never get out of his little pod. I don't even want to see him walking. I just want him <sighs> to float around in a pod the entire time. If there are no goggles, I'm going to be upset. Yes, he needs he needs goggles. He needs goggles. He needs a lab coat. Yeah. Someone needs to call him Eggman, and he needs to say, I resent that. <laughs> call me Dr. Robotnik. Yes. Anyways. Um, if he Riddlers it, I'm just going to kind of. If you had to predict. Ugh. If you had to predict what the plot of this movie is going to be, what would you say looking at this imagery? Um. I'm sorry to spring this on you. you know, He's going to marry a girl hedgehog, but she decided to go find her friends because all of the woodland creatures have disappeared. And there's the majority of her friends, so she's going to find them, and he's like, no, let's go over here, you know, we mm-hmm. got all this area to ourselves. And she's like, you need to be more mindful of your friends and less selfish. Ooh, yeah. And then she's going to get taken. He's going to see her get taken. And then he's going to make friends with a fox that has six tails. Oh, it's only two. Not in the movie. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right, cool. He's got, it's like, he's I it, can do what I want him, right? right? Three more tails and he's nine tails in, in the Pikachu detective movie. That yes, he's on a second I think, evolution. I hate to say this. I think Dr. Robotnik is going to create Sonic from a normal hedgehog. Um, he's going to take on blue colory coloring due to the speed, uh, due to the, the the speed technology he's trying to infuse Sonic with. Okay. Um, I have no idea what the rings are going to have to do. I don't know. I have no idea what the rings are going to have to do with the rest of the story. But I think a big part of it is that he's going to be trying to rescue other woodland creatures that are being experimented on by Robotnik. Yours sounds closer. Unfortunately, he's going to have to team up with a human character at some point. The only reason I went with a. Uh relationship aspect is because that's the only re- place I could fit in a gold ring. 
Oh, I see. Fair enough. Anyways, I digress. Although your premise is probably much, 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 much closer than mine. It's unfortunate. Nah. <laughs> I'm not proud of that. <laughs> it's just it's a video game you know what movie. I mean? we're, yeah, we're not. None of get this is of this. shocking. We're not going to get a lot of this. I can I can nearly guarantee you it's not going to be good. Do you remember Pokemon the first movie? I remember it. I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? I did not. I saw it like four times. I was not a fan of the Pokemon cartoon. I was only a fan of the game. Oh, so like strictly the game. Pretty much. Well, Pokemon the first movie is getting a CGI remake in Japan. Cool. It will eventually come west is what people are thinking. I might watch it. Right? I don't know. I almost feel like you should because I feel like it's somehow going to tie into Detective Pikachu. Oh, there's going to be plenty of reference to it in Detective Pikachu. It seems like Detective Pikachu is quite em- embracing the uh, uh, the the Pokemon universe because holy moly, is there a lot in this new Detective Pikachu? <laughs> oh my channel. god, I love it so much. I was not expecting to hoot and holler the way I did at the Detective Pikachu trailer, but it is yes. wonderful. It is. Did you hear the Pokemon theme while you were? watching i don't recall um i might have i need to watch it again i need to watch it again too but uh badly do you want to watch yeah, it again pretty, right now? pretty awesome uh no we can i want to watch it right now we can wait i want to watch it right we got now a lot of news to i'm gonna through. edit i'm gonna edit it out we're gonna watch it it was a lot of news to get through okay news. we can watch it at the break yeah we can watch it at the break It'll be fine. Detective P, official trailer too. So there was one (laughs) bit of this trailer that I got my wife really excited to see this movie. Really? Yes. Okay. And that was a herd of Bulbasaur running. Because they're adorable? Because they're adorable. No, Bulbasaur are adorable. She was like, oh my God, it's like a bunch of plant-based toothless. I liked, yes, it's true. And that's Uh, wonderful. (laughs) That's exactly what they look like. It's spectacular. Uh, What do you think about the Pikachu being addicted to coffee? Like needing caffeine. It makes sense. I know. It does, 100%. (laughs) Um, Because he's a, he's a, you know. He's an electrical mouse. (laughs) It's true. And he's got to build that power from somewhere yes and no i think it's a personality trait he gets from the de, from the detective he probably switched bodies with okay because they're basically putting the <laughs> they're putting the plot right in front of us when, yeah. when they're making it when they're letting us like <laughs> into the story and the way things are happening in the show but they basically said yes. like he's wearing the hat with the name in it he's yeah. got the person he's a talking pikachu let alone and he has amnesia. I think he is that detective, but I think everyone's, you know, like there are plenty of articles that have alluded to what's going on here and that there's some weird psychological experiments because of Mewtwo's involvement in the story. Do you, now, the pre, here's the deal. Mewtwo, in terms of its premise uh, that was explored in Pokemon, the first movie, is that Mewtwo was created when they were trying to recreate Mew. Yes. The legendary Pokemon. Yes. Um, there was also a purple glow in the eyes of certain Pokemon that were seemingly antagonistic in this sh- in this trailer. The yes. Ipom, the purple monkey. Yep. Purple eyes. The Flareon. Yep. Purple eyes. Yep. The Charizard even has a purple yep. glint in its eyes. And then, of course, the reveal of Mewtwo at the end. They're not including Mewtwo in this movie if he's not some kind of antagonist. Oh, absolutely. 
What a badass. So I'm wondering if this is, um, this is in a way, a, an odd rehash of a, of a Pokemon movie universe, or if this is the same Mewtwo that, that had to learn to respect life after the end of Pokemon, the first movie, when Ash ultimately sacrificed himself to save Pikachu's life. Spoilers, dude. Damn. It, it was spoilers for a two-decade-old movie. That I haven't seen. That was one. And have was, no intention it, of seeing, exactly. so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's much better than a Game of Thrillers. Uh, Game of Thrillers. Game of Thrillers. I, uh, what time is it? Okay, Game I've of Thrillers. I'm writing that one down I've been because for that's spectacular. Hours. I've I've been... Hey, you know what? You do not have to explain that level of brilliance. Thank you. Is that what we should just call a Game of Thrillers show? Game of Thrillers. <laughs> Game of Thrillers is... We need to retro our episodes and go back to any... <laughs> Any reference I made. I already wrote them all down. <laughs> all the spoilers. Changed them all to Game of Thrillers episode one. Game of right, Thrillers. Exactly. Like Thrillers every time you say two. every time you say a spoiler, I just need to go in there and just like leave a new little excerpt that says right here. Game of Thrillers. Game of Thrillers, if you want to hear the spoiler for Game of Thrillers. Game of Thrillers. Awesome. I digress. I'm on board. Here's the deal. I might I might I might let loose a spoiler. I might etch that in the wall because that's so always good. for something <laughs> old. Just do it in the we should just start writing on the walls. <laughs> really? It's kind of inappropriate, but I kind of I like that Ludicolo is a bartender. Yes. And that he could not help but yell Ludicolo with his dumb cross-eyed look in his face. What is he from? Which one is he from? I don't know, because I stopped playing Pokemon games a long time ago. Well, <laughs> not. I fell out after, like, gold and silver. I went back for platinum. Did you? Oh, okay, fair enough. What is platinum? Which one was platinum? Do you mean crystal? No, platinum was, um, I want to say, right before white and black. Oh. Perhaps. It was after uh, sapphire and diamond, pearl. Interesting. I think. No, you're right. It was a really Pokemon Platinum. Platinum. All this Pokemon news makes it perfect for year 100% right, though, was a Platinum. I I, I know, because I have it, it and I've played it. Okay, <laughs> noted. Um, this makes for a perfect segue, though. Yes. Because Pokemon Sword and Shield were announced for Switch. Yes. I, here's the deal. Young Daniel played the absolute crap out of Pokemon Red? Yes. I remember de- defeating the Elite Four with my Blastoise because that is the only Pokemon I used. Nice. I did not level up any others because young Daniel did not realize the importance of having a strong team. <laughs> That's okay. My Blastoise was strong enough and I had a ton of potions. Nice. One. Two. Uh, moved on to Gold and Silver. I used my Master Ball to capture my Lugia because Lugia is a badass son of a gun. Nice. Moved on to Ruby. Got bored halfway through and didn't beat it. But Purchased Pearl to play. Didn't get very far with that one either. And then mm. stopped buying Pokemon games because I just didn't want to play them anymore. The latest one I bought was Pokemon Black. Nice. Because I was itching to play Pokemon. And when I plugged in my Pokemon Blue cartridge, mm-hmm. the save file was corrupted. Oh, yuck. Not Pokedex, fun. when I turned it off, was at 128. Jeez. This, this is where I When it. I put in Pokemon Red, the save file was corrupted. No. 
Pokedex count on that one when I last turned it off. 149. You were so close. So close. So close, because it's 151. Yes. You were just looking for a Mew and a Mewtwo. No, I had Mew and Mewtwo. Who are you I was looking for? for. Was it the trade <sighs> Pokemon from Blue? Yep. Okay, makes sense. Or it was um, something that needed an evolution stone. Mm-hmm. Oh, makes sense. That's what it was. No, here's the deal. Um, Jared Zelda? Zelda's kind of like talking about that. There's one very good way to get Daniel Hayes back into Pokemon, and that is to put it on a home console. Yes. As well as something that you can take with you. And for that reason, I am certainly going to purchase Pokemon. Yes. I will be purchasing Shield. I like to go with the less popular options. You will have to let me know if there is a Michael Chiklis-based Pokemon in it. You take that back. The Wire was better. I never watched either. And I really hope that the blue one has a pen type. Yeah. Which is the only way to defeat the sword. As the pen is mightier. Oh, the pen is mightier. There we go. All right. That's enough. There's my jokes. Which one are you getting? (laughs) Well, if you're going to get shield, I'm going to get sword. Yeah, that only makes sense. That That only makes sense. sense. Um, I think we should do a let's play of us playing Pokemon um, Let's Go because it's co-op. Did you know that? The Pokemon Let's Go... Pikachu and Eevee is co-op. You can grab a second controller and another person can play at the same time. Nice. It sounds like something we could do together. It does. It's very simple. I didn't even jump on the Pokemon Let's Go. Very straightforward. I didn't either. Either one of those. I just, I'm, I just, I'm looking for excuses to spend time with you. Pretty much. make content. That's all I want. That's nice. all I want out of Let's Go. Wait. So, looking at the starter Pokemon, we've got Grookey, the grass-type chimp Pokemon, Scorebunny, I'm not going to say what that is out loud. Sobble. A fire rabbit? <laughs> it's a scorched bunny. <laughs> Score bunny. And then Sobble, the water type that looks kind of like a tadpole. Um, is Grookey going to look like a gorilla when it evolves to its final form? Yes. Is Sobble going to look like a giant mutated toad? Yes. Is score is score bunny going to look like Bugs Bunny? Burn victim Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> but I digress. Um, Grookey is going to be my starter Pokemon for Score sure. Bunny uses unknowable stench. <laughs> my apologies to all burn victims. <laughs> Lola Bunny appears. Score Bunny ran away. <laughs> <laughs> you are your lotion supply has been depleted. <laughs> Score bunny followed Lola out of the forest. You're in the middle of the wilderness with no Pokemon. <laughs> See what enslaving animals loyalty buys you? None. None at all. <laughs> and no one wants Sobble because, well, let's be honest, he's um a sob story of a Pokemon. Now, which one has the strategic advantage? Because I'm trying to remember in the original, it was like you would have the easiest time with Squirtle and you would have exactly. the hardest time with Charmander. Uh, see, right? no, it would be a leaf type, I think, because a leaf type would be destroyed by any fire type. Um, A water type would be destroyed by any electricity type, which aren't as popular. Um, But uh, fire, but water could definitely... Um, take a crap all over fire, fire yeah. type. Well, I'm trying. So, if I recall, mm-hmm. in the original red and blue, yeah. And then later, special yellow Pikachu mm-hmm. edition. Charmander was harder because the second gym was all water type. Oh, 
don't remember that thing. So you would have an easier time going through it with um, either Squirtle or Bulbasaur mm-hmm. because Bulbasaur wouldn't really be mm-hmm. affected and he would just trounce all over that second gym. Right. Squirtle would just kind of, you know, hold his own, but he also had the higher defense of all of them. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. Whereas Charmander was just like, dude, you're going to have to pick up some normal ones and level them up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Try and get you through this gym and just put Charmander to the side yeah. for a little while. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, I remember that. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I have a feeling that there would be an interesting amount of balance in the way they change it and try to work things out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it depends on the game itself and the way they right. balance it out. So Yeah. Um, this is the Galar region pictured. What nice. Is, what does that remind you of when you're looking at it? I think it's very Game of Thronesy, in terms of... Hmm. I could see Westeros in that. Ice Kingdom. Giant wall. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> King's Landing. Yeah, Foot Lakes. So, yeah, exactly. Um, there's Lake Town. Exactly. And so, there's Old Town yeah. with the Citadel. I'm excited right. to explore this map specifically because of that clock tower. It looks like oh, they're yeah. trying to adopt London in its own way. And each Pokemon, they adopt different um, different styles of like places that you go. So like Sun and Moon was specifically like Hawaii. It was a very okay. island type Pokemon. Um, this one is said to be looking to adapt more towards like a like London style, purely because of the city, um, city type, rural village, lakes, mountainous. Yeah, I could get into that. I really yeah. could. Now, what are you kind of hoping in addition to this? Now, keep in mind rumors. Um, they do get crazy with different evolving types. One rumor is that there are going to be armored types of <laughs> evolving Pokemon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, including well, older generations of Pokemon. So there was uh, an armored Charizard um, in leaked imagery. Either that or it was Photoshopped. I don't know. Okay. I don't but know. But it was said out I mean, they're, they're always putting some gimmick in there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of wondering what it might be. I mean, they're, if they're doing armored types, mm-hmm. they'd have to do something to combat the armor. Yeah, yeah. So there'd be piercing types. Also true, also true. Um, or crushing types. <clears throat> right. Because they've done dragon and fairy, I think. Either that or fairy is rumored. Um, okay. With with creating new specific types. There's dark metal types. Um, there was, I think psychic was in the original. I mean, even things like that. Let's let's say like game, game design elements to it. Because a lot of people were hoping for a Breath of the Wild style change coming to Pokemon where it became a console game and it became something that was much more depth-like. It's not going to be. From the gameplay reveal, it's going to basically look similar to a handheld when it comes to console. It's going to be more in the vein of handheld. For that reason, Uh, I wouldn't mind some more co-op. Okay. Co-op aspects. I wouldn't mind being able to hop into a world with someone maybe not as simplified as let's go um maybe player community hubs where everyone could be seen in the hub but you would have to party up with someone specifically before you left right to do the in between levels well if they're if they're going to stick with the pokemon formula which is kids let's face it pokemon games were designed for kids 10 and under the commands are very simple gameplay is very simple are they going to stick with that? Or are they trying to target 
the Pokemon fans that grew up with the simple ones. It's true. And this is our next jump. I feel like Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee was the answer to giving the product for the kids and that it would loosen up the opportunity for them to make Sword and Shield and have it be more adult-oriented. The ones for me and you who had fallen out of, you know, um, the first RPG I was able to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, something that's a little less, you know, set for the kids because they have a product that's specifically for the kids now. Yeah. I would also like for the Pokeball to be usable, <laughs> the Pokeball controller, because I want one of those. Yeah. I haven't messed with that at all. It hasn't me either. Well, I mean, it's, it was for Let's Go, let's face it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see the guy Which that... didn't do. Did you see the guy that used the uh, Kong Bongos to beat Breath of the Wild? Oh, no. Go try and find that guy. Yeah. The Donkey Kong Country Bongo controllers. He used this to play and beat Breath of the Wild. I had the Bongo controllers, did you? I did not. I definitely asked for the Bongo controllers and the DK Bongo Master game for one of my birthdays. I'm sure. I loved the game. I so didn't really much. get in Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> so much. Back to us. I enjoyed it, but I didn't get into it. Back over to you, boys. Thanks, Daniel. I changed things on the video. Yes. Uh, Star Wars Fallen Order. Sorry, Star Wars Jedi. Colon. Fallen Order. Colon punctuation. Not anatomy. To be revealed at Star Wars Celebration on April 13th. We're going to get our first gameplay of the Respawn developed. Respawn does Apex Legends Titanfall, by the way. Nice. Uh, Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Orders, which means we might get multiple Star Wars Jedi games. Fallen Order takes place um, in between episodes three and four. Okay. With a Jedi who survived Order 66. Okay. Besides the two. Yes. Okay. Um, first gameplay reveal, it's about time. It's probably coming out this year because of Respawn's uh, quarterly reportings. Uh, they bet high on the year of 2019 because they're going to have multiple releases. Nice. So Apex Legends, obviously one of those, came yep. out of nowhere. Um, at the very least, Fallen Order by the end of the year is what people are thinking. Probably. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for some gameplay. It was, yeah. uh, they had a very half-assed announcement over <laughs> at E3 last year, so let's let's get some meat on. I was bones. I was considering going back mm-hmm. to my PSP mm-hmm. and playing the Force Unleashed. Ooh, that was on PSP. It was on everything. Okay, but I got it for the PSP. Okay, fair enough. So that's a platform I can play it on currently because yeah, I have them both. Okay. Did you play Force Unleashed? I played it. I didn't beat it. Did you enjoy it? uh, Up until a certain sequence that was near unbeatable and caused me to take it out. And yep. Okay. It is the Star Destroyer sequence. It is the renowned Star Star Destroyer sequence where you're trying to pull it out of the sky with the Force, but you have to move to either side of the map and fight off TIE fighters that are flying at you and shooting at you and then come back to the map and start pulling it down again, which was like a hit the button, mash the button, spin the stick or whatever, pull it down, but you're also trying to fight off TIE fighters. I was not able to do that. And I, I, I looked it up and a lot of people weren't able to do that. And they were not happy with it. What I'd like okay. to now Force Unleashed is backwards compatible. 
on okay. Xbox One. I have both. Okay. Am I likely to go back and try again? One day. Do I have a lot of games to beat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would honestly rather play re- the Return to Arkham's again before I even tried Force Unleashed. I'm okay with Fair it. Fair enough. The funnest part of Force Unleashed was in the beginning. Okay. Playing as Darth Vader on Kashyyyk. Finding a little boy. Um, but before that, force throwing Wookies, <laughs> holding them above that cliffs pretty fun. while they're spinning in the air, going. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, this is uh... happy life day for bitches. <laughs> <laughs> that is Hashtag morbid. holiday special. That is morbid, <laughs> and it was a callback, and I loved it. Now we were talking about PSP. Yes, we were talking about Arkham. Yes. What if? The wife walked into the room to watch Bachelor, and you went, oh, great, some more of this, and you didn't have to turn to Netflix on the tablet. What if you could come into the den of bricks, you go, ooh, it's cold because this is a garage, pull the switch off the dock, go back into your living room, and begin playing Return of Arkham right there because Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass was reportedly coming to Switch. Okay, so... To stream games. Educate me. Yes. What's the Game Pass? The Game Pass is a monthly subscription of $15 that allows you into a library of games that Xbox has rights to. Some games that they own themselves. For instance, they bought Ninja Theory, the developers of Senua's Sacrifice. You can now get Xbox... uh, You can now get Senua's Sacrifice with Game Pass. Get your first... Um, Same with Heavenly Sword? Um, Ninja Theory was the developer on Heavenly Sword. Yes. Heavenly Sword is also backwards OG. I have it. <laughs> this did not take much convincing, folks, to get him in on it. Sources report. I liked Heavenly Sources Story. report. I have the sources here. I'm trying to be better at saying who does things for us. Via Game Informer and Newsfeed, an outlet with a great track record reports Get Xbox Game Pass will come to Nintendo Switch operating on their xCloud streaming technology. Hmm. Starting with Ori in the Blind Forest. Kind of want to play that. I really want to play that. There's a sequel coming out soon. So the idea is that potentially you could pick up your 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 Switch as long as you can stream games. Pick it up, click it in, and you're playing as long as it's on Game Pass, which Arkham is now on Game Pass. You could pick it up and play it right there on your Switch. Nice. Halo, you want to throw down some uh, some Halo? You pick it up on your Switch, start playing. Want to play Heavenly die. Sword? <laughs> on your, you pick it up and start playing. Xbox and Nintendo are playing like Microsoft and Nintendo are playing ball with each other hard right now. Nice, they're being super teammates. Awesome. And this new X Cloud streaming could be the future of gaming, and they really don't care about physical anymore, due to reports. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm... As another development. Windows Central reports that Microsoft is revealing a discless Xbox at a lower price soon for all digital games. I'm okay with this because I haven't bought a physical game in a very long time. I'm not okay with this because I primarily buy physical games. And this is an awesome contrasting opinion for us to have because you like that. I do game sharing, so that's mainly the reason I'm on digital all the time is because it has the price. Because me and and the BFFFF Joe, we can play by sharing. Right. The game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, or he'll buy one if there are two big games releasing at the same time, uh, a.k.a. Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption. I'll buy one. He'll buy the other. And then we have both games. Right. 
It's pretty easy to do it that way. But you don't play a ton of multiplayer games. That is true. The games I play are typically story mode, typically one player. Yep. Um, so you I like I your mean, physical copies. I, I like my physical copies mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I don't have to worry about logging in to play my game. I don't have to deal with that at all. Two, I don't have to deal with spotty internet signal. It's true. Say Comcast is doing work and I have no Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And all you can do is stream. And all I, and if all I can do is stream, that means I'm not gaming. Yep. And hypothetically runs the, the whole uh, Microsoft Game Pass on Switch. Yeah. Useless. Exactly. So, and I get that. I think that, um, you know, in this, they, I think if they are a little bit more lenient on the digital game policy, that's what's most important. A big issue I have is that some games will require you to be online. Now, if it's a games as a service where everything's online in the first place, so Destiny 2, that makes sense to be only online. Mm-hmm. Because a big part of that is that I go to my main hub to trade weapons, get new quests. I'm running into 32 players there. Right. In the same room. And that's completely fine. Sometimes in an open world too, open world levels where the public events in that area require a lot of people to do more than just a team of four. Right. And the more the merrier in situations like that. Those games I can understand needing to have a constant online uh, connection. It's when we want to play Return to Arkham mm-hmm. series and they won't let you play Arkham City because you can't log in. I've had issues like this before where I'm trying to play a single player game and they say there's no internet connection. Yep. Looking at you, Far Cry 4. That one infuriated me Mm -hmm. when their servers went down and I couldn't even play single player. Mm -hmm. I think the same thing happened with uh, Shadow of Mordor. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit too frustrating. And for that reason, that argument is very viable that you have. Mm -hmm. Another point. I played my Switch quite a bit. When I was on the plane mm-hmm. flying. Yeah. I can't imagine streaming on that plane. No. The Wi Fi on One that more. plane was so mm-hmm. spotty yeah. as it was. Mm-hmm. There's no way you'd be able to stream a game. It's true. Now, as long as we don't go straight to like streaming only, that's where it would become a problem. As long as we can still buy physical for the games we care that much about, that's important. Right. Breath, a game like Breath of the Wild, yeah. you're going to want a physical of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but also, it depends on whether or not they require you to have an internet connection, because you can buy a digital copy of of Breath of the Wild and be able to play it just fine. Yep. I think it depends the most on what they are, you know, what they will and won't allow you to. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be the biggest factor in whether or not this new discless Xbox is successful. Right. A big part of the cost going into Xboxes, however, the Blu-ray drive. You remove that, it's a very cost-effective purchase. Oh, I'm sure. And digital digital purchases are way up these days. Yep. The, I, But I think the thing that's going to kick him in the teeth on that is um, Montana. What is Montana? E, U.S. e-commerce sales grow 15% in 2018. Yep. Continue. The thing, well, Montana, Montana is just an example here. Big sky country. Lots of rural area. Also true. When you have a lot of rural area, there are three things you can count on in that big rural area. Conservatives. Yes. 
lack of internet. True. And lots of organic vegetables. So, <laughs> the lots of offense taking so, to Far Cry Five. <laughs> so when you are, and let's face it, a lot of the country is very rural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, cities are where Xboxes are selling. The streaming is going big. True. Okay. True. The only reason that Netflix still has a mail service. Where that you can add discs to a list, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get the mail to you, and then mail them back for your next one. Yes, is because of all the farmers, mm-hmm. because of all the rural areas. True. Okay, my, True. Like my sister, <laughs> my, like, my sister has, doesn't reach. My sister has very, very spotty internet, mm-hmm. and it's satellite. It's gonna be spotty. Mm-hmm. But that's coming from space. Yeah. So she doesn't stream Netflix. She mails in discs. Whoa. Simply because the internet is so icky. Makes sense. And that's and that's in central Indiana. Right. That's like not far from Indianapolis. Right. Now you get north of Indianapolis and you've got some excellent yeah. internet coverage. Right. Yeah. But then you go north of that and it's all cornfields until you hit Lake Michigan. And there you got some nice internet and can stream and stuff. But these are people that are still getting their phones mailed to them because sure. there isn't a smartphone retailer well, near them. Yeah. So one would assume that we're in an age now where there's enough people um, and enough people to reach with the technology of a disk list, though. For it to be a viable option. They wouldn't make it if there wasn't a demand for it. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But I'm saying that if if they were to go strictly discless, they would lose half the country. Also true. So. And that no, is, this is scary. A, now, this is an excellent option for those with mm-hmm. reliable internet and reliable service and everything. Um, it's also going to make a great way for them to cut costs uh, and yes. beat out Sony. Absolutely. But I I could definitely see Sony jumping on board with this. I could also see Sony sales doubling as a result of this. Also true. Because it's like half the country just went X. Microsoft doesn't care about us. Yeah. But Sony still does. It's true. And let's face it. I mean, I own all three systems. I still prefer to game on my PS4. I prefer the controller. I prefer the button alignment. I don't know why. Yeah. It's really not all that different, but mm-hmm. it's different mm-hmm. enough to make me prefer it over the Xbox. Right. I've been a little wishy-washy back and forth as to which one is the prime console of the generation. I think um, so far because of the way that uh, PS4 has had t- exclusive titles on it that ba- basically would get more bang for your buck, um, but then the backwards compatibility is just too too good both of them have their own you know reasons for purchasing but ultimately by golly gee if you can get xbox game pass on switch (laughs) yep that's gonna change the entire game and we can only hope and we only know what the future holds yep now let's say in a world where game pass is on the switch yes okay and the other big two make their announcement one is completely discless the other one is 100% backwards compatible. Which one do you pick? Well, it depends. I mean, 
Because we've heard rumors that Xbox is going discless. We've heard yes. rumors that PS5 is going to be 100% backwards compatible all the way to PS1. Which would bring that heat so hard. So now each one is offering something different, mm-hmm. but super important to different sects of the gamer population. Yep. We'll see. So which one would you go with? Oh, as a legitimate question? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it. if I had like discless, I mean, I have internet almost all the time. Yep. I would easily go Xbox One. Easily. But that's just where home is, right? Mm-hmm. That's just where the, you know, home is where the heart is. Yep. And my heart lies with the Xbox. And I don't need discs. I had, Like I, ju- I just told you, I don't buy any more discs. I don't have any of my old games. And, like, I just don't have any of my old games. Yeah, You've yeah. saved all of them. Yep. Right? Yep. You have a lot of your old I PS have 83 games. games for PlayStation. From one through four. Exactly. Which means you would buy. Which means I'm getting the backwards compatible <laughs> guy. PS5. I'm getting the PS5 over exactly. any of them. Well, let's be honest. We're both going to own both of it. Uh, absolutely. It Come on. Let's face it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all for joining us. <laughs> this has been a very in-depth conversation. <sighs> I'm Daniel. I'm Rich. Thank you so much for joining us. Find us in two weeks on another Monday on Excitement Incorporated. I just licked my microphone. Did you lick it? A little bit. Uh, How'd it taste? Nothing like my mustache. (laughs) Button. Still Mr. Bulldog.